0: Radio studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The
1: Armstrong and Getty Show. LinkedIn is making changes to catch up with popular demand. Mothers and fathers who have stopped working to become caregivers will now have a way to reflect
2: that on their LinkedIn accounts. The company added titles like stay-at-home mom or stay-at-home dad and removed the need to link that title to a company or employer. Thank you.
3: If you ask me, this is long overdue. Stay-at-home moms and dads should also have the opportunity to have LinkedIn
2: do absolutely nothing for them. <laughs> Touche. Uh, you know, it's funny. I'm, come- still, I'm still reeling from our conversation with tax attorney Stephen Moskowitz about how if you, if you convert, you know, during the vid, you're working remotely or whatever, you convert a room of your home into your home office. Then when if you go ahead and, and deduct that on your taxes, then when you go to sell your house, they sell, say, you know, got a four-bedroom house, say. They say, well, yeah, you sold a three-bedroom house and an office, so you got business taxes to pay. Yeah. What? You, you take a
3: tax hit for having converted your bedroom to an office, which means you plugged in a printer, probably.
2: Right, right. Well, consult your your tax professional, but uh, you I'm, had a I'm printer anyway. <laughs> you didn't do anything really.
3: So, for most people, having a home office, I mean, most people already have a printer. You already have Wi-Fi. I mean, you would write some of this stuff off for your home office,
2: but that's all stuff you're going to have anyway. Yeah, but you might upgrade. You know, all of the above. Maybe. You might get a desk and a chair and the rest of it. Well, that's a, desk
3: and a chair is nice to have in your in your house too.
2: I just, what are you what's your point? I'm not sure I see your point. Well, I, I just Are you saying there should be no tax deduction for a home office or what? I or it's all phony or what? Well I uh, it is it
3: all does, phony. It's it, it, yeah. it not all
2: phony. A well,
3: lot it, of it's it, phony.
2: I just, consult I just lo- your it. tax attorney. Do not consult I just job. laid out how most of it is phony.
3: <laughs> Money is a construct. I just okay. laid out how most of it is phony. i I'm trying to think of anybody I know who would have much different in their house if they didn't work at home i'd have to ask them but i don't think so
2: i've got some people i've known like some attorneys and accountants and folks who've actually converted uh, oh i knew knew some shrinks who converted a room of their house into their office
3: but but what does that mean it's a different place you can hang out and sit in a different what
2: does it mean (laughs) i don't understand what you mean What what wait why are you disputing the fact that home offices exist this is this is insane. Are you being contrarian just to amuse yourself cuz you're amusing no one else?
3: Because everybody basically has a home <laughs> office. You have some place you sit down and do your paperwork, whether it's your office or not, right? You've got a desk, you got a printer, you got maybe uh, you got paper, maybe. And pencils and pens and You're not welcome in my home. You don't know these things. <laughs> Especially with your attitude. I don't want you there. I'm just saying I'm not <laughs> thinking the upside of writing it off as your home office. Well, and it's going to benefit you when you come and when you go to sell your house.
2: Yeah, I don't know the significance of that, but Stephen seemed to be suggesting that it was a hit not worth taking. Yes, I so, definitely would believe that. Although one final word on taxes, and I feel like we should always make this point: if you were to convene a committee of American citizens and say to them, "We have a number of different tax systems we're considering. Here is one of them," and you were to hit them with the current system, no, everybody would reject it they would probably attack you physically They would probably beat you unconscious and hurl you out of the room for they, even suggesting a Byzantine, confusing, corrupt, idiotic, expensive tax system like we have right now. But as soon as anybody suggests a different system, everybody goes, oh, no, I've heard there are negatives with that system. I just don't freaking get humanity. I really don't. Now,
3: if you propose the system we have, they would 5150 you as a as a, a threat <laughs> to harm yourself
2: or others. Exactly. And you'd be forced to retreat to your perfectly legitimate home office. The to government, take yourself from the mob.
3: The government, at the threat of putting you in prison, makes you give them a bunch of your money. But makes it so complicated, you have to hire somebody at a cost of hundreds or thousands of dollars. To keep yourself out of prison. To figure out how much you owe yeah. them. And they know, yeah. right? If I pay the wrong
2: amount, they know. But they can't just give me a bill.
3: They're like, no. <laughs> why don't you guess?
2: Yeah, yeah. You why figure don't you it guess out. at great expense, and if you're wrong, we'll put you in jail. Yeah, you or figure take it all out. your stuff,
3: and we'll see if you come up with the same
2: answer we did because we got the answer, <laughs> but you can't have it. <laughs> oh boy! And by Thanks the way,
0: for taking my money. Asshole.
2: Why don't you spend hours filling out forms with numbers we already know, like how much you made, because we've been deducting your taxes from you every damn paycheck. Yep. Double the taxes, triple the taxes, squeeze every last drop out of those insolent musical
3: peasants. How much money did I make? Okay, I'll write down the number you sent me. There we huh. go. Here you—you you, you told me this is how much I made. You sent me a little piece of paper. Now I'll write it on this piece of paper. All right, fine. <laughs> It is so mad. I, I, you know, every politician says, let's get our tax code down to a three-by-five note card. It's like three things. And yeah. uh, and that's yeah. it. And everybody yeah. and everybody rejects that.
2: Well, the corporate lobbyists certainly
3: reject Well, they it. would be the ones that would be hard to fight. But the average person always rejects it. Right. I heard right. a car would cost $50,000, the average car, if you did. No, you
2: moron. You get to keep all the money you make. You'd come out way ahead, you dope. Yeah, but the car tax should be (sighs) (laughs) $50,000. All
3: right, that's enough of that. So um, just to hit you with a little kind of breaking news, this just happened a little bit ago. Joe mentioned earlier in the show that there is actually work among Democrats in the House, in the Senate to pack the Supreme Court. It's gone from a talking point to actually proposing legislation. I'll I'll save the punchline to the end, because the punchline is good news for those of you who don't want to pack the Supreme Court. But the press conference uh, included a number of uh, r- very colorful people, including the waddling and unbelievably short Gerald Nadler. I've never seen him stand next to other normal-sized human beings.
2: Antifa <laughs> is a fantasy. Mm. I hate Gerald Nadler. That's hate speech right there.
3: Anyway, so the reporting was like moment by moment. So I'll just hit you with Senator Mark. Senator Markley says Trump and Republicans broke the Supreme Court. Senator Markley says the United States Supreme Court is broke. It is out of balance. Broke Shut it.
2: up. The Supreme Court swung left
3: for like 40 years. <laughs> yeah, forever. Uh, read anything about the Warren Court. Um, right. The Representative Nadler, 13 justices for 13 circuits is a logical progression. Um, Representative Nadler says there aren't they aren't unpa- they aren't packing the court they're actually unpacking the court oh, so that's a new to- okay. talking point that's opposite of what I've heard they were trying
2: to do. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> Representative Hank Johnson is speaking now um, and calls the Supreme Court's conservative majority far right. Uh, Jones says the far right remains in power after being roundly rejected by Americans. He keeps referring to the far right conservative majority. Um. Someone should and then someone. One of the responses was: Someone should tell Hank Johnson. You'll remember who he is once I say this. Someone should tell Hank Johnson that adding additional justices to the court may cause it to capsize. Do you remember? He's the <laughs> rep. He's the guy. Guam was it? Yeah. Who thought Guam was going to tip over if we put a base on one side or something?
2: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow! Wow! I found that an amusing retort. I call him Yank Johnson. <laughs> uh,
3: unpacking the court with more justices is infrastructure. That's a funny response.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was Jim Jordan. I think.
3: Apparently, words now mean now just mean whatever you want them to mean. Yeah, that does just seem to be the direction we're going. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um That's actually one of the tenets of Marx's critical uh, theory: is you uh, redefine language, you redefine all the words.
3: No, we're unpacking the court. Well, it's the Newspeak has been working. A lot of people are buying into the whole infrastructure thing. Um, you know, uh, the, the the left clearly won on the whole undocumented immigrants thing. Nobody says illegal aliens at at, at, uh, at, at risk of being called a racist anymore, even mm. though that's in the language of the law. That is correct. That is what the law calls those people. They won yeah. that battle.
2: You know, I finally downloaded the app to alert me when there's a no-hitter going, because I missed the one last night, and I, I just love that. Uh, I need an app. Is there an app that exists that will send like a beep or a flashing red light at the moment a, an empire passes the point of no return?
3: Almost all of the media refers to homeless people now as those experiencing homeless. So that one is on the verge of being won by the left. Bums and junkies. And I mentioned that because uh, I do want to talk more about a couple of interesting Twitter feeds that show you how bad homelessness is. At the same time that I've got a Twitter feed on the number of businesses around America trying to find help with help-wanted signs, they're all over the place. They can't get anybody to work for them. How do you have a society where you have this many people who claim they can't afford to live in the United States and this many businesses that can't find work? Workers, how does that happen? How does the math work
2: on that? It's all related.
3: Yeah, it is. Uh, Anyway, all on the way.
0: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: just for fun uh, Sean here I'll give you this Yeah
1: what is happening by the fire, Summer's by the sea It's holidays
2: and family yeah, it's good time game Yeah it's Scrabble
0: good time game.
2: <laughs> What era is that Michael
0: That was the early 90s. Oh, God. The
2: Scrabble jingle.
0: That's my
3: favorite thing I've heard today. Do it again. That's awesome.
1: It's winters by the fire, it's summers by the sea, it's holidays and family,
2: it's Scrabble. I just I love the fact that everybody involved in that, for the guy who wrote it to the everybody in the studio, really wanted to be rock and roll stars. But oh, man, yeah. what are you gonna oh, do? Yeah. <laughs> make
3: way it's more. It's a paycheck. Mo- I make way more money doing this than I do. my America's
2: Michael. good time game. <laughs> yeah,
3: love that. <laughs> Summers by the sea. That is fantastic.
2: <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: God, that's funny. Nice. So, um, I'm we're big fans of the Dispatch around here. I love them as a journalistic outfit. Um, I'm not getting paid by them to say this at all, but they got a free month going on right now where you can check out their wares. Ooh! And yeah. uh, I suggest you check out their podcast. Everything's opened up, like their podcast that they drop every Wednesday. Their Dispatch podcast came out yesterday. All their stuff. Um, I, it's I really a, like it's it. A f-
2: Thinking man's conservative-leaning news and commentary outlets,
3: and they are dedicated. They are dedicated to, to slow news, not reacting to things before they have facts, and they're super anti-clickbait. Yeah, they do not even keep track of what headlines get how many clicks. They don't even keep track. They don't care. Oh, I love so, that. I like that too. But anyway, uh, aside from that, check out the Dispatch. They've got a piece today. We just can't do this anymore. Steve Hayes, who's the top guy at the Dispatch, has a bunch of tweets. Uh, segments from all these businesses that can't find people to work. And I've mentioned anecdotally, I was traveling over the weekend with my sons, every business I went in, and I, I think I mean every, had a Help Wanted sign. Wow. Every single one of all kinds of different kind of places had a Help Wanted sign. So I'll, I'll read some of this. Bill Anderson, who closed this restaurant last week for lack of workers, when you can't get the right amount of people to work at your business, you just can't have a business. Um, I'll read another one. Dale's Diner in Waterville, Ohio, closed last week. More customers than any time in his 10-year history. The problem, no applicants
2: for the many job openings. Which uh, just proves we need to further unext- extend unemployment benefits.
3: Bill Anderson, co-owner of okay. Diner, uh on the shortage. I've been in business for 33 years, 10 years here, 33 years and another, this is absolutely the worst it's ever been for hiring people. Quoting another person, Kevin Rudsky, who runs Juana's Pagodas, a restaurant in Florida. Normally I have people lined up to work. I've never advertised for a job ever. People just show up. My competitors are running ads on radio stations, Facebook, etc. The same thing. There is no one. They can't hire anybody, and neither can their competitors with all kinds of advertising. I'll hit you with a couple more. Uh, Dan, uh, owner of a textile mill somewhere, says the response was immediate when the second wave of stimulus checks went out. Well, I think we lost 19 employees that week. Wow. Wow. Coincidence. No. So I'll (laughs) go back to this from that same piece. Jason Furman, who is the chairman of the White House CEA, whatever that is, under Barack Obama, says of boosted government benefits, unemployment insurance, quote, this is an Obama person. More than half of workers will get more from being unemployed right now than they would from being employed.
2: Which is generally a pitch to enforce some sort of government lofty minimum wage, but, you know, the other half of the equation is the problem to me.
3: Well, well, yeah. Yeah. And it was introduced from the very first stimulus package that went out with uh, bipartisan approval, by the way, all four of them that passed under Trump had a, like eighty five, ninety percent approval in the House and the Senate, Republicans and Democrats. Now we do
2: things bipartisan. Um, you know, it's probably uh, unfair of me to put it like this. No, well, it almost certainly is. But I think, to a large extent, a lot of my friends on the left live in a in a fantasy world that is unmoored, unplugged from actual human behavior. And here's what I'm talking about. And, and I'm asking each of you folks to answer, you know, in your own way, in your head, or you know, out loud if you like. Uh, why did you get your first job? Why did you work hard at it? Why did you want a promotion when your career started? Why did you work extra hours? Why did the meet you? Why did you make the choices you made? Why did you fashion your life in the way you did? The necessity is the mother of invention. Obviously, sure. need is the mother of effort. I mean, I did not bust my ass in this career and move all over the country because I thought it would be fun, really, although it has been fun. It's, that's the only way to get ahead. Don't remove that from society. You would not have been doing me a favor or anybody else.
3: If I'm making more money on stimulus checks or unemployment than I would make working at a fast food joint, then hells yeah. I'm going to keep trying to get a job that pays more than I would like more. If I didn't have any choice, I'd be at the fast food place wearing the paper hat or wherever. There's a lot better options out there. Like like I said, I've seen help wanted signs in all kinds of businesses all over the place.
2: Um, On the other hand, that crappy job that you did a good job at is a stepping stone.
3: Well, and does it suck that you had a decent or a really good job and you lost it because of the freaking bat fever? Hell yeah, it sucks. But when you start jerking with the levers of the free market and economy and everything like that, I don't know how you ever get it back into place.
2: Yeah. Painfully, people will not accept these uh, lifetime benefits being removed. And when
3: when Biden's not calling this new trillion dollar package a uh, infrastructure package, he calls it a jobs package. So we got homeless people taking over all kinds of cities across the country, people not working because they don't have to. And we're going to put out trillions of dollars more because the
2: economy
3: is hurt. Yeah, it's it's all very confusing.
0: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and
1: Getty Show. With the terror threat now in many places, Mm -hmm. keeping thousands of troops grounded and concentrated in just one country at a cost of billions each year makes little sense to me and to our leaders. We cannot continue the cycle of extending or expanding our military presence in Afghanistan, hoping to create ideal conditions for the withdrawal and expecting a different result. I'm now the fourth United States President to preside over American troop presence in Afghanistan. Two Republicans, two Democrats. I will not pass this responsibility onto a fifth. Yeah, know, was
3: a pretty interesting uh, speech from Joe Biden yesterday about the pulling out of Afghanistan. I hate the idea of m- making last man out on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Why did he think that would be a good move? Boy, that has just been railed against everywhere. as idiotic. It's a celebration for al-Qaeda. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I, I think I'm in favor of getting out of Afghanistan um, for reasons I've been talking about for... Geez, I don't know, 15 years, Um, a lot of what Joe Biden said yesterday. Uh, Colin Powell said the other day, what would you tell a soldier in Afghanistan they're fighting for?
2: Well, and I don't want to steal uh, Lindsey Graham's thunder because we have a lot of great clips from him. He would say they're a quick reaction force. They're a counterterrorism quick reaction force that happens to be stationed in Afghanistan. There is no war. There has not been a war for a long time. So
3: we we yeah uh, we I, I jumped over a talking point that I mentioned earlier that is, that is worth mentioning. When I came across uh, a smart thinker, Tim Sandifer actually retweeted this on the idea that this is not a war and hasn't been a war. Part of the problem all along has been the "forever war" moniker that isolationists of the right and left have stuck on this. Politicians and the media. It's not a war. It's a pol- it's policing and prevention. We're not allowed to say that, so it became America's longest war. And then goes on to say, if you look at everything through the lens of we're at war, we don't want to lose the war, are we winning the war? Well, then a lot of maneuvers make sense. But if you if you take that framework off of it and go with what is actually happening, well, then, yeah, then you can justify being there. It's pretty easy. But no, if you're, if, if you're claiming it's a war, like Colin Powell said, how would you justify that to a soldier? In what way or what are you doing to try to accomplish winning the war?
2: You're not right. I suppose the downside of being honest about it is that you'd have to say, you know, we're just going to stay here in your country because we want to because you can't govern it. And we can't let Al-Qaeda ooch around in your caves. Maybe that would be the piece that
3: I've been missing all along is that you can't say out loud to the world. We're just going to pick spots in the world where we land and set up a base and keep an eye on everybody, <laughs> whether you like it or
1: not.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So let's let's do clip 32, Sean, and then we'll respond. I've concluded that it's time to end America's longest war. It's time for American troops to come home. All right. Lindsey Graham, clip 40. I want the American people to know when it comes to Afghanistan, there are no
0: great options. This is a place that's complicated and dangerous without a lot of great options. But the options are high risk, medium risk, and low risk to the American homeland. President Biden, unfortunately, has chosen the highest risk option available, which is to leave no matter what. Let's go ahead with 43, where he uh, finishes the point. The result of this decision today by President Biden is to cancel an insurance policy that, in my view, would prevent another 9-11, because I believe with all my heart and soul, after 50-something trips to the region, that a few thousand Americans watching over there would make it hard for al-Qaeda and ISIS to reorganize to hit us over here.
2: So isn't the only question, if you accept Lindsey Graham's premise, and I think I don't understand how you could reject it, um, isn't the question then just, is this worth the expense? And the danger to our guys. Are we better off... You know, I used the metaphor earlier. Are, are we better off housing an exterminator full-time? Or do we just call them in when things get bad? And just whoop the hell out of whoever's creating any trouble in Afghanistan? That's You know, that's it's a difficult question. It's full of uh, question marks. But it, it's, it has nothing to do with uh, being at war, per se.
3: I have been confused by the fact that most of the people Afghanistan, including the government, want us out of there. I
2: don't know what they think's gonna happen when we get out. I just think they think anything is better than occupation. I, I would think that. I think. <laughs> uh we've spent over a trillion dollars there.
3: Um Dexter Filkins wrote a piece for The New Yorker. You know, I'll I'll have that uh, Hanson link that at our website, because if you're into this story at all, it's worth reading about what it's been in Afghanistan recently. recently, The wave of assassinations that's been going on since the peace talks began last August or September when Trump was still president. The wave of, of assassinations in Kabul of anybody that's part of the structure of making society work there. Obviously, but politicians, but politicians, people running the police department, you know, people running banks, just anybody that would be the infrastructure of having a real society, just getting blown up on a daily basis by the Taliban so that there's no chance when we fi- finally leave that they can have a
2: functioning society. But the Taliban, crafty devils that they are, agreed not to kill any of our guys in the interim. And we spent,
3: um, a trillion dollars there. Remember when Laura Logan, uh, when, when, when she did that thing on 60 Minutes toward the end of her reign there at 60 Minutes about how when she used to go to Afghanistan, she'd land there at the airport and you'd get a car and you'd drive into Kabul and you'd go to a restaurant and all that sort of stuff. And then the last time she was there, you know, you, you land zigzagging in and, uh, and then you have to go in an armored car. <laughs> With the, and then a helicopter to drop into place Because there, there's no safe place anymore We paved, talk about infrastructure plan We paved <coughs> all the roads in Afghanistan We did great job with the infrastructure in Afghanistan They had beautiful paved roads over the whole country And they're all destroyed now All of them are destroyed now Wow, what? and the ones that remain are being used to transport poppies Got it. and nobody will ever be held to account For this fanciful idea that, that George I like George Bush, but that was a nutty idea the idea that we're going to we're going to pave all the roads and open up all the schools and girls are going to learn to read and you're going to become a democracy right. it's you know it's a good-hearted belief that all people desire freedom and good will win out in the end but that ain't what was going to happen and it's not what happened
2: my favorite book about iraq is entitled our intentions were good and it's a withering story of the waste of money effort misunderstanding naivete the rest of it yeah
3: Um, uh, Dexter Filkins talks about how at the height of things in Kabul, post we, you know, us invading, when we had the money really pouring in and there were one hundred and fifty thousand NATO troops in Afghanistan for a while, most of them around Kabul. And it was completely safe. And there were all kinds of restaurants and bars and discos. And it was just a it was discos was was one of the hottest, coolest spots to be. And you'd go and you'd stay in your nice hotel, and you'd go out to a restaurant, and you'd go out dancing and everything like that. And uh, and now all that stuff is gone. At night, he said the streets are quiet. Twenty years into the American-led war, Kabul feels like the capital of a poor and troubled country. It's just
2: all gone. Wow, wow, that's rough. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not an Afghan.
3: And, and so, so I'm in agreement with Joe Biden. I think, it, especially now that we've let that happen. Maybe we should have committed to, you know, more trillions of dollars and staying forever and rebuilding the country. I don't think so. Maybe you do think no, so. No. But not. since we didn't and it's over now, then you gotta get out. Unless you're gonna go with the whole, uh, no, we're just gonna leave a couple of thousand people here to keep an eye on. Well, play this. Have we played the CIA guy again? Cause that's important. Yeah. To the whole 22. thing. 22.
1: When the time comes for the U.S. military to withdraw, the U.S. government's ability to collect and act on threats will diminish. That's simply a fact.
3: Our ability to collect and act on threats. We won't have the information on the ground about what's going on there, and we won't be able to act on them near as easily. Um, If you want to make the argument we should keep a couple thousand people there for that reason, I think you could convince the American people of,
2: of that really easily. Since we have troops stationed all over the globe right now, you may notice we're not at war with Germany anymore. We've had troops there for many decades.
3: But unless you're going to, to, like a reporter asked Joe Biden the question, what are you going to do about America's longest war? Unless he's going to say, wait, don't call it a war. It's not a war. We're not at war. What we're doing is unless
2: you're going to do that, you got to get out. Yeah, but why? Why haven't? Why hasn't anybody done it? Why
3: didn't Biden? Why didn't Trump do it? Why didn't well, Trump wanted it out? But um, yeah.
2: Why yeah, didn't Obama? Why? I don't know. Just say it's not a war anymore. It's just like Germany. You know, there's a friendly government there. We're there to help protect them, just in case things get crazy. It's not a war. We just have guys stationed there. Next question. Obama had the political problem of he
3: ran a, uh, on the idea that Iraq was a terrible idea. The good war is Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, he was really into the war narrative. Uh, there's a bad war and a good war, and you invested in the bad war because you're dumb, and I'm going to invest in the good war. And that's when we really ramped up. But we were, we were I don't know. So, I, don't, I don't know how we ever thought we were going to
2: pull that off. So this is uh, armchair quarterbacking, quarterbacking, clearly. But given the gift of hindsight, what, how would you have approached Afghanistan? What would your timetable have been?
3: I think I'd have stuck with the original. Joe Biden mentioned the original mission mission yesterday uh, to, to to destroy the network that uh, brought down the buildings on nine eleven. Yeah, and chase that's Osama done, bin Laden and then down. Once what that's done, we're done.
2: Chase Osama bin Laden down, decimate Al Qaeda, punch the Taliban good and hard in the face for letting Al Qaeda ooch around. Then say, you get it. Goodbye. We'll be back.
3: I think once you started down that road of we're going to have free and fair elections and build schools and pave roads, isn't it? Yeah.
2: Yeah, not so good. Not so successful. Uh, Well,
3: why couldn't you? uh, uh, This is where we are now. We could have been here almost 20 years ago. We uh go in there, we chase down uh, uh, Bin Laden, we kill him, we kill a whole bunch of Al Qaeda, we kill a whole bunch of Taliban, and then we just make it clear yeah, this sort of thing ever happens again, we're going to blast the bejesus out of you again. I think that's what we're doing now. Mm hmm. I think yep. that's what we're going to say to them, or we are saying to them behind
2: closed doors. Yeah, yeah. Henry Kissinger once said something about the United States. Uh, he said, uh, The U.S. is a big, friendly dog, and sometimes when it wags its tail, it breaks stuff. It's a pretty good description. Not often our intentions are good, but we break stuff
3: tell you one thing, it sucks to be born in Afghanistan. Be glad you were born here as a human being.
2: Oh, yeah, there are already women's groups saying we are moving into a terribly dark time. It's oh. terrible. It terrible. shocks the conscience. On the oh, other yeah. hand, you know, I could name 27 other yep. places on Earth that are as bad. So what are you going to do? Exactly. Well, this is some dark stuff. Perhaps we could lighten up in the final segment of the show.
3: What about a man stealing ducks? That's troubling. Th- th- stealing them? He's jamming
2: them in his backpack.
3: Duck stuffer? Have you heard this story? The San Diego area, right? It was. It mm-hmm. is. There's a video of yeah, The, the, the
2: manhunt continues. There's audio of the manhunt
3: and the duck hunt continues. There's right. nobody seen the, uh, the, our waddled friend either. Uh oh. Details next
0: Armstrong and Getty.
2: The Armstrong and Getty Show. By the way,
3: I was reading from The Last Exit from Afghanistan from The New Yorker by Dexter Filkins, and I just uh, sent it to Hanson, our executive producer, and he'll post it at the website. If you have any interest in this story at all, it is really something. About the Taliban getting together with the various people on our side and, and, uh, and, and the so-called government of Afghanistan. People that have done horrific things to each other, meeting in a fancy hotel. <laughs> And, uh, and they're real five star hotel and walking by the hotel pool and then going into a room where like you raped and killed that guy's daughter. And he's now he blew up your uncle. And now wow. you're sitting and talking to each other, trying to work out an agreement. I mean, it's amazing. It took days before they would even look at each other. These
2: people are monsters, Jack, but would they stuff a duck in a bag? (laughs) I'm not laughing. You duck stuffer. (laughs) Outrage is growing after a video appeared uh, to show a man stuffing a wild duck from a Claremont section of San Diego pond into his backpack and biking away. The report
0: follows. On an afternoon two Saturdays ago, Robert Gong was outside his home looking out at the pond in his Claremont subdivision when he saw a man feeding a duck.
2: He was trying to get the duck to come up on land by uh, slowly putting breadcrumbs.
0: Gon went back inside, but moments later, this video was recorded by his next door neighbor. The man is holding the duck with his left hand. From his backpack, he retrieves a plastic bag. He appears to stuff the duck into the bag before putting the bag into his backpack. The neighbor watching this unfold becomes incensed. What are you doing? Did you really just put the duck in there? After the man admits to taking the duck, he claims. He's taking its temperature. As the man prepares to leave, the neighbor becomes even more upset. You put him in a bag so he can't breathe? Do you even live here? What are you doing here? Bro, put the duck back. Guy, put the duck back. What are you doing? After the man biked away, the neighbor showed the video to Gone, who filed a report with the State Department of Fish and Wildlife, the agency confirming it's begun a probe to see if any crime was committed.
3: Yeah, I think the guy's going to begin a probe on the duck when he gets it back to his house. I think that's what's going on there. You think he's a
2: duck blanker? Yeah. Bro, put the duck back. Bro, put the duck back. I wonder if he was going to check its temperature after being in the oven for like 30 minutes at 325 degrees. Did you really just put the duck in there? I'm checking its temperature. <laughs> what? Bro, put the duck back. Bro, put the duck back. Well, are you a, a scientist
3: or something, or are you just an amateur duck temperature enthusiast?
2: <laughs> I'm keeping a graph at home. It's in my my kitchen wall <laughs> uh, the guy the, the 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 duck stuffer by the way he, he looks like a, an, uh, an extra from a nazi movie i mean he's got like a blonde flat top and he's in good shape and he just mm, bro know. put the duck back you know you're allowed to blast them out of the sky in season so putting one in a back by the is... gazillions well, sure. And there are restaurants, I guarantee you, within
3: a couple of miles of where they're standing where you can eat a duck if you want to. They're serving it to
2: you. Yeah, but luring one into your backpack in a neighborhood? That's odd behavior. No. That, 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 trust me, there's something weird going on at that guy's house. Bro, put the duck back. Bro, put yeah. the duck back. <laughs> Bro, come on. Hey, kids, it's that time again. Fire back!
3: With Armstrong and Getty.
2: Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Well, what the heck? Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew.
0: He presses buttons in the control room. Michelangelo. Michael? Uh, I promised to get you guys more jingles and old commercials. Here's the Scrabble one that we liked. It's winter's
1: by the fire, it's summer's by the sea. It's holidays and family. Yeah,
2: it's Scrabble. America's good time game. Yeah, it's Scrabble. Yes. America's good time game. From Milton Bradley good stuff more to come <laughs> excellent our producer positive sean has a final
3: thought sean i've eaten duck a couple times I'm not a fan it seems so greasy yeah i don't really like it there are a lot of meats that's down on my list yeah, yeah. yeah. jack a final thought for us i've never gone any place on purpose to eat duck <laughs> is
2: that they got, your final thought
3: <laughs> they gotta they gotta catch that guy <laughs> um, my final thought would be, highly recommend you read that article about Afghanistan that I've been uh, uh, preaching. We have linked at the website from The New Yorker. If you want to know anything about what it's going on with that major news story, read that.
2: My final thought, as I mentioned earlier in the show today, somebody uh, used our credit card number to charge $13,000 worth of tortillas. Hmm. Now, it strikes me that it's probably some sort of scam. Nobody needs that many tortillas. There's got to be something a little more complicated going on. If you know what it is, uh, email us mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. I'm thinking maybe it's something like they, they did that transaction via credit card, then canceled it and did the refund in cash to themselves, like an inside job embezzling at the company. You don't believe it to be a tortilla related weather phenomenon?
0: It's rain oh, Lord. and tacos.
2: I'm asking why. All right?
3: Did a cold front of tortillas hit a warm front of meat?
2: Is
1: that I mean, how he had ended forecast up The
3: delicious.
1: Tacos?
2: The entire Mexican-American uh, community of the Los Angeles area is famished, and they want a taco? Or, I don't know. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Go to Under hot links, you will find the articles, the books, the videos we discussed. You can watch them. You can send them around to your friends. Email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. If there's something we ought to be talking about, send along the link. We'll see you
3: tomorrow. God bless America. Bunch of duck stuffers. But will be order in the house. There's a deal. Number one. Bro, put the duck back. I'm going to call my
2: lawyer gun. Except <laughs> I have serious concerns. Why would I
3: listen to a guy who's eating 30,000 tacos or whatever you did? I,
2: I <laughs> and I looked at him and I went,
3: screw you. Except it was more like, screw you. What a personal privilege. So I think
2: this is so ill-advised.
0: It's raining tacos.
2: <laughs> no, it's not.
0: On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.